Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Coming up on this episode of The Entrepreneurial You. Profits is obviously the most important to entrepreneurs, but... Profits are never the problem. They're always a symptom of not having the right people in place or not having the right processes. They're never the problem. It's always a symptom. So if you're not making money, you need to go look at the other four Ps. Success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. If you love what you're doing, you will be successful. Albert Schweizer. Hey, and welcome to episode 222 of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. I'm Henika Watkins-Porter. Of course, today's episode is with Michelle Seiler-Tucker. Michelle Seiler-Tucker is the founder and CEO of Seiler-Tucker Incorporated. As one of only three women in the U.S. who holds a M and AMI Mergers and Acquisitions Master Intermediary title and as a 20-year veteran in the M&A industry, she has a wealth of experience regarding buying, selling, fixing and growing businesses. Her firm have sold over a thousand businesses in almost every vertical and have a remarkable track record of success. So in addition to being featured in Inc., Forbes and USA Magazine, Michelle is a keynote speaker and makes regular radio and TV appearances on Fox Business News and CNBC. She has spoken alongside many prominent speakers, Eric Trump, Kathy Ireland, Mayor Rudy Giuliani, Donna Karen, Stedman Graham, and a host of others. She is the best-selling author of the book, Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth, and has a new book coming out called Exit Rich. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation because we're going to be talking about planning your, your exit strategy from day one. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So I know you've been to Jamaica before and we were talking about it a little in our pre-conversation chat. So tell us about your experience, where you've been and why were you in Jamaica? I've been in Jamaica a few times, but the most prominent time is when I got married in Jamaica, which is 2002 or 2001. I think it was 2001. I don't remember. (laughs) It was either 01 or 02, but I got married in Jamaica and Ocho Rios, we had about 75 guests come with us. And it was actually a bigger wedding than we thought mm. that we were going to have. I had like five bridesmaids. My husband had five groomsmen. But it was a beautiful time. We spent two weeks in Ocho Rios, went to Dunn's River. You know, beautiful. Yeah. And who cares if it was 2000, 2001? I mean, the important thing is that you got married here, yeah? Yep. 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 I went to a wedding there and I fell in love with it. I went to a wedding in Ocho Rios and fell in love with it. And that's why I decided to, to get married there myself. Mm-hmm. Good choice. Very, very good choice. All right. So let's start from the beginning. What's an exit strategy? What is an exit strategy? Well, that's a great question because in America, most business owners never plan their exit strategy, which is the biggest issue. Yeah. And, you know, according to Steve Forbes, eight out of 10 businesses will not sell. And Steve Forbes endorsed our book, Exit Rich. And the main reason that that businesses don't sell is because they don't plan an exit. So we work with our clients to determine their what we call GPS exit model, the, S, the ST GPS exit model, which stands for Seller Tucker. And that's really about beginning with the end in mind. So when you start a business or buy a business, you want to begin with the end in mind. 
So the first thing you want to do is determine your destination. When you, when you pull out your phone and go to Google Maps and you want to drive somewhere that you've never been before, what's the first thing you do? You pull out Google Maps and plug in destination, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you need to know your end game. Business owners need to know their sales price. So if they say, look, I want to sell my business for $10 million, great. Now we have a number. We have the beginning of a plan. Most business owners just drive around in circles, up and down in financial hills with no plan in sight, which is why most business owners end up going out of business. So you want to start with your end game, your sales price. Then you want to know where are you starting from? What's your current valuation? What are you worth today? You know, most humans will get a physical checkup to make sure our body's in shape. Well, you know, drive our car into the shop and make sure we have a checkup and tune up on our car. But most business owners never get a business evaluation. You need a business evaluation every single year. And the reason you need it every year, I call it the annual valuation checkup. It's because there are events like COVID is a perfect example that can increase or decrease evaluation. So you want that evaluation done every year. So you need to know, okay, I want, I want to end at $10 million. I'm currently worth $3 million. Then the next thing you need to know is time frame. So let's say you want to do it in 10 years. You want to sell for $10 million. You're currently worth $3 million. You want to do it in 10 years. The next thing you need to know, well, who are my buyers going to be? Mm -hmm. Well, before we even go into that, because those are some considerations and we want to take the phone from the foundation up and even get into the thought process of some business owners, why it is that they wouldn't even want to consider or because many business owners go into business because they just want to provide for themselves and their families. And they also want to pursue freedom because they think that once they leave the corporate world, then they'll be able to do whatever they want, only to find that once they're in business, that's not the case. Right. So for a business owner who's just simply considering, hey, I'm just in business for, you know, providing for myself and my family. Why is an exit strategy or the consideration of an exit strategy important? Well, that philosophy right there is what's wrong with most business owners. That's a, a, that's a terrible philosophy. Your business is your most valuable asset. And if you go into business and think I'm never going to sell it, I'm going to keep it forever. Well, nothing lasts forever. What goes up must come down. So nothing lasts forever. In America, it used to be that 95% that of startups between one to five years would go out of business. When I wrote Exit Rich in 2020, I learned that it completely flip-flopped. Only 30% of startups will go out of business. But listen to this. Out of 27.6 million companies, those businesses have been in business for 10 years or longer 70% of those companies will go out of business. So business doesn't last forever. Plus, there are things that happen. Catastrophic events happen. Health issues, divorce, partner disputes, COVID happens. But business owners don't think about selling until they're exhausted, until there is a catastrophic event. And they're like, oh, now I want to sell my business. Well, by then it's too late. Now you don't have a sellable asset. So that's why most business owners end up going out of business or selling for pennies on a dollar, or even worse, following bankruptcy. 70% out of 27.6 million businesses will go out of business. So if you don't build a sellable asset, you're not going to have your business forever. Plus, you're going to leave your loved ones with a lot of debt. You know, I had a sweet little old lady call me a couple months ago. Her husband dropped dead of a heart attack. She asked me if, if I could sell the business. The business wasn't sellable because he never built a sellable business. He had no employees. He had independent contractors. He had subcontractors. He had nothing to sell. So you should always build your business 
to sell, even if you don't sell, at least you'll have a profitable, sustainable, scalable business. Mm-hmm. Michelle, you began to share with us, you know, how we can build our businesses to to sell because you were talking about the valuation that we just as we do for our bodies and, you know, we go to the doctor and we do our checkups and so on. So too, we do that for business. So kind of guide us through the process of for somebody who has never even considered this as an alternative, as an option, as something that they need to be thinking of. What are the steps that A, B, C, D, one, two, three, four, that we need to be considering factoring when we're creating our businesses? Well, that's what I was beginning to tell when I was started telling about the GPS exit model. You want to build your business with the end in mind. You want to build it with the desired sales price. You need to know what your business is worth every single year. You need to know your time frame. Let's say you say, well, I want to sell my business in 50 years. That's fine. Have a plan. Then you need to determine, okay, well, who's my buyer going to be? There's five different types of buyers. And so then you need to determine, well, if I want to sell for $10 million, what do my financials need to look like? Where does my gross revenues need to be? Where does my EBITDA, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization need to end up? If you want to sell for $10 million, you need to have an EBITDA of at least $2 million. And then what are the characteristics that buyers look for? And then you need to figure out, okay, what's my why? Why do I want to sell business for $10 million, $15 million, $20 million, whatever the number is? The why has to be powerful enough to keep you in the game. And then the steps are build the business on what we call the six P's. Most business owners don't build a business. They build a glorified job. They build a job and what should I go to work for? It's the truth. And you know what? If people don't want to hear the truth, then they shouldn't listen. But it's the truth. Most business owners have built a job in which they go to work every day rather than a business that works for them. I have a dental practice that just called me. They've been in business for 45 years. One dentist, three dental hygienists. He wants to sell. His business is not sellable. Because once I pull him out of the business, there is no business. The number one reason businesses don't sell is because the owner is tied to the business and the business will not be successful without that owner. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, of course, the objective of this show is to get mind sh- mindset shifted and, and, and so we can actually change those mindsets. So we do want them to listen, actually. But transformation comes, what, transformation would only come when they continue to listen to podcasts like these and they're able to actually shift their, 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 their old way of thinking into getting into the right way of thinking that will help their growth. So you've given us some pointers and I also know that you have Exit Rich, which is, which is a book dealing with planning it from, you know, planning your exit strategy from day one. What are some of the fundamentals that you've, you've covered in that book? And, and why did you see a need to, to write that book, Michelle? Well, I, the, the biggest need is because, like I said a minute ago, in America, 70% of businesses in America, small business is the backbone of our economy employing over half the U.S. workforce. Over 70% of businesses are going out of business. That is a huge need. If we lose small business businesses, we lose jobs. You lose jobs, you lose spending power. Then you lose more businesses. So that is the biggest need. Plus, eight out of 10 businesses don't sell. In Exit Rich, we cover everything from the GPS exit model, which I just covered with you. Um, we also cover the mindset. You just spoke about mindset. We talk about how to step into the seller's mindset, step into the buyer's mindset, go through the seller's sanity check, and determine when is the best time for you to sell your business. And then we also cover what we call the six Ps, which is a complete infrastructure of how you build a sustainable, scalable business. Because again, the, most businesses are not sellable because the owners have not built a sellable business. Therefore, most businesses are not that profitable. And so we cover how to become profitable, how to build the infrastructure, how to track the right type of buyers because there's five types of buyers, how to evaluate your business. 
We also talk about how to negotiate and what are the negotiating non-negotiables for, for the different types of buyers and how to negotiate with each and how to create a bidding war. We go into the whole how to create a package on your business, how to market your business, how to get offers, how to go through the, the due diligence process and the closing. Everything in there from, from soup to nuts is in there. Mm-hmm. All right. So how does one know, though, Michelle, when is the right time to sell their company? So the right time to sell, they don't. And that's why they sell when a catastrophic event occurs. And that's what we're trying to do is change the mindset of business people, because that's the worst time to sell. The best time to sell is when your business is healthy, when your business is in its prime and your business is doing great. That's the best time to sell, because, again, what goes up must go down, you know, in business and in life, we're either thriving or dying. So you want to sell your business when you're thriving, not dying. And where am I, if I want to sell my business today, where is the market? Where do I find a market for my business? So the market's everywhere. I mean, there's more buyers for good businesses and there are good businesses to buy. We have over 28,000 buyers in our database. When we get businesses that have an EBITDA of over a million dollars, then we have hundreds and hundreds of buyers for that one particular business. You know, but again, you got to determine who's the right buyer. If you own a small restaurant, then a first-time buyer might be, the right fit for you. But if you own a large manufacturing company, first time buyers not going to be able to afford you. So it's probably going to be a strategic or a competitor or a private equity group. So you got to really know, you know, what type of business you own and do you function on all six P's and what type of buyers would be most attractive to your company. And I always work with my clients to build their business to meet buyer specific criteria. Mm-hmm. And so for every buyer, the criteria would be different, but there, of course, are some standards. What are some of the ways that you've worked with your clients to ensure that those standards, those basics are in place for your approach to market? So we, you know, we specialize in buying, selling, fixing, growing businesses. I partner with business owners. I invest money, just invest a quarter of a million dollars on one business. I invest money, time, expertise resources, but we work with our partners, our companies to really build their business on the foundation of the six P's. I'll go through those six P's really quickly if you'd like me to. Sure. I'd love that actually. So the first P is people. You don't build a business, you build people and people build the business. The, The issue with most businesses is the owner is doing everything. The owner, the entrepreneur really needs to focus on their strengths and hire their weaknesses. And they need to have people in the right seat and they need to ask the who question. Who deals with client service? Who deals with accounting? Who deals with logistics, transportation, legal issues, environmental? The, the clue here is you should never be next to the who because <laughs> you really want to build a business that runs without you because most buyers will not buy a business if it's solely dependent upon the owner. And then the, you, you need to have a management team in place as well. The second P is product. So you got to ask yourself, your product, your industry, is it, all, is it thriving or is it dying? Do you have an Amazon or do you have a Blockbuster? And if you have a Blockbuster, and many, many companies are in that Blockbuster phase right now because of COVID. But that doesn't mean that you just close up shop. That means that you need to align yourself with an expert and help you maybe see things a little bit more clearly because when you're in a fog, it's foggy, right? So I always work with my clients to ask three transformational questions. Amazon did this back in the 90s. They asked themselves, what business are we in? They said, we're in book selling business. Then they asked themselves, what do we do really, really well, better than anyone else? We do fulfillment really well. And then the third question was, well, what business should we be in? And they said, we should be in the fulfillment business. So those three transformational questions is what transformed Amazon from a small bookseller 
a multi-billion dollar worldwide conglomerate that they are today. So products, you know, if you're in a dying industry, you got to pivot really quickly. The third P is processes. Processes must be designed with the customer experience in mind. It must be efficient, productive, and well-documented. And employees need to be trained on all. And do you, do you understand what I say when I say with the customer experience in mind? Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It's kind of like McDonald's. Did you ever watch a movie, The Founder? No, I haven't. So it's a great movie. I recommend all of your listeners to watch the movie, The Founder, based upon the McDonald brothers and Ray Kroc, who actually grew McDonald's. But back in the 40s, you know, they had the fast food drive ups and the food was always cold. The order took too long and it, it was usually always wrong. So McDonald brothers said, look, this is a customer experience we want to want to um, develop. We want our customers to experience great tasting food that's hot and delivered fast two minutes or less. So they went out to these empty tennis courts. They took all their employees. They drew out the processes. They did this all day until they figured out how to, you know, who's going to take the order? Who's going to toast the buns? Who's going to put the burgers on the buns, the pickles, and give it to the client two minutes or less? Those processes that were designed back in the 40s, even though they've been tweaked along the way, those processes are why you can eat at a McDonald's in Jamaica. A McDonald's in Singapore, a McDonald's in the USA is because of those processes. They were designed with the customer experience in mind. I'm sure you've dealt with companies where the process is terrible. You know, like Facebook, for instance, we got hacked months ago and we still can't get into some of our accounts and there's no human we can talk to. So you always want to make sure that, that your processes are designed with the customer experience in mind to create a wow experience, not an unwow experience. And then the, the fourth P is proprietary. It's the number one value driver. So most businesses in the USA under a million dollars in EBITDA, well, the multiple is typically anywhere from one and a half to, to three and a half times EBITDA. But when you get over a million in EBITDA, then the multiple goes over five. But proprietary can get your multiple up to six, seven, eight, nine, even 10 sometimes. These are proprietary assets. Number one is branding. You have to, the more well-branded you are, the more we can sell your business for it. The biggest brand in the world is Apple. Apple is worth $289 billion, and that's without any assets, inventory, cash flow, or anything. Also, trademarks are very big. If you have trademarks on your podcast, trademarks books, trademark slogans, trademark your company name, make sure you get a federal trademark, not just a state trademark. And then um, patents. Uh, do you guys watch Shark Tank in Jamaica? Absolutely. My favorite show. <laughs> <laughs> and what do all the investors always ask? They always ask the same. Oh, do you have a patent on that? Do you have a patent pending? Do you have? We sold a company for eighteen million dollars. It wasn't making any money, but they had eighteen patents. So we sold it for a million dollars a patent. Contracts are very valuable. Manufacturing contracts, distributor contracts, exclusive contracts, franchisor. If you got a franchisor and you got franchisees, it's very valuable. The most valuable of all are what I call client contracts. These are your client contracts. With, you could have subscription, reoccurring revenue, but these client contracts are extremely valuable because buyers want to buy businesses with revenue streams. And, but the contracts, there's a caveat to this in the United States. I'm not sure about Jamaica. In the United States, 99.9% .9 of all business sales are asset sales, not stock. And most business owners don't have the transferability clause in their contract. So you got to make sure you add that clause. And then the other thing I call is IP real estate. So let's say you have a skincare line. And you have a celebrity endorsement by Oprah Winfrey. You're on her favorite things and Oprah has endorsed your product. That is huge. Other competitors or strategics would buy, would pay more money for your business 
than anyone else. They'll outbid everyone else because they want to get their other products in front of Oprah. Does that make sense? Yep. Same thing with like if you manufacture pillows and you're number one on Wayfair or number one on Etsy. You know, that's what we call prime real estate. The fifth P is patrons. So patrons is your customer database. In the U.S., you know, most businesses follow under the 80-20 rule, where 80% of the revenue comes from 20% of their clients. And the, the issue with that is if you have customer concentration and you lose a few clients, it can literally put you out of business. So you want to make sure you have customer diversification, not customer concentration. The sixth P, the last P, is profits. Profits is obviously the most important to entrepreneurs, but Profits are never the problem. They're always a symptom of not having the right people in place or not having the right processes. They're never the problem. It's always a symptom. So if you're not making money, you need to go look at the other four Ps. Mm-hmm. All right. So sounds good. Lovely explanation of all of those and covering. And of course, I mean, whether or not you want to sell your business, which as you are arguing, Michelle, that that should be one of our objectives as business owners, but whether or not these, these need to be in place. And just for repetition, because that is effective, I'm going to ask you just to go over what those six P's are. Sure. So number one is people. Number two is product. Number three is processes. Number four is proprietary. Number five is patrons. And number six is profits. All right. So there we have it. And at this point, we pretty much have come to the end of our conversation. I'm just going to ask you to give me a final thought in a sentence and share how might my community get in touch with you, community of business owners. I myself am an entrepreneur for over uh, 13 years now, and we've had many entrepreneurs here and, you know, who are longtime entrepreneurs as well as those that are just starting out. So it's it's a it's a fitting conversation that we're having. And I just ask you to give us your final thoughts, Michelle. Uh, my final thoughts, you know, every I, my final thoughts is basically is is entrepreneurship is not easy. However, you know, it's to me, it's it's the best. I've, I've owned multiple companies in multiple different industries. And if you're struggling, you know, there's always support. You can always reach out and call me. I love nothing better than to help business owners that are struggling. I love to help them be able to, to survive and then thrive and um, build a business that's actually sellable. Because again, even though you might not have any desire whatsoever to sell, there will be a time in your life that you will need to sell for a multitude of reasons. And you want to sell when you're in your prime. And can we tell them uh, where they can go get Exit Rich? Yes, absolutely. Okay, great. So we're in the middle of pre-sales right now, but all the listeners, all your listeners can go buy Exit Rich right now in the middle of pre-sales. They can buy it at ExitRichBook.com, ExitRichBook.com for $24.79. We will ship, we will email them the digital download so they don't have to wait for the hardcover. If they're in USA, we'll ship the hardcover to their doorstep. Outside the USA, then we'll email them the Kindle version. We will also give them a lifetime membership into Exit Rich Book Club, where we have video training um, of me doing, you know, talking about strategies and techniques of how to build a scalable, sellable business. And then we have documents. So a lot of business owners are like, Michelle, I've never seen an organizational chart or an employee handbook or a policy procedure manual. We have them. You know, a lot of times sellers will say, well, I've never seen a, a sample letter of intent or purchase agreement. We have all of those. We have sample due diligence. We have closing docs. We have all these documents, not just for your review, but for your download too. And these documents will cost you over $25,000 if you try to get your attorney to draft them. Also, we're giving 30 days membership, free membership into Club CEOs, which is a entrepreneur mastermind where we do Q&As, hot seats, and, you know, really help entrepreneurs succeed. 
fabulous. And your other, you're on social media as well. Yes, ma'am. Yes, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm everywhere. And if they text Michelle, they can text Michelle at 888-526-5750. And when they do that, my website will pop up and all my social media will pop up. Thank you so much, Michelle Siler Tucker. It's been my pleasure to host you on the Entrepreneurial You podcast. And I look forward to the feedback that you'll get and the connection that will come from this. So be blessed. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you, my peak performer, for tuning in to this episode with Michelle Saller Tucker. I certainly, definitely, absolutely look forward to connecting with you next week. But in the meantime, please stay in touch. I want to hear from you for all things podcasting, whether it's getting my latest book, Podcast Power, or it's coaching, workshop, mastermind, podcast production. Send me a message via hennikawatkesporter.com. There's a WhatsApp icon right on my homepage. All you have to do is send me a message and it will come directly to my phone and I'll respond to you. And here's my point of hope for this week. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. What good? We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. 